Welcome back, you guys. It's time for the creative side of week one. So like I mentioned, my goal with the three creative ideas is that it will help your kids connect to these scriptures. I want them to have their own fires ignited. And one of the best ways I've found to do that is to come up with creative ways to teach. So just like every year in the past, we will have fresh, new, fun ways for you to create memories that last. And this week is no exception. I will tell you that the one change we're making this year is we've decided to make the creative video freely available. You won't have access to the printables and the notes unless you're a part of the subscriber course, but you will have access to the ideas. And so all the videos, we're going to be posting them on YouTube in their fullness so that even if you don't have access to the course and my materials, you could use it as a creative kickstart to do your own. I hope it helps. Okay, I'm going to walk you through a quick supplies list first, and then I'll break down each object lesson and tell you how to pull it off. Okay, first and foremost, there's a printable involved in this one. You could come up with your own as well, but I've created a printable called Make a Record. The reason I did this is because the very first object lesson we did back in January of 2020 was also called Make a Record, where we asked these same questions. So if you've been in the course for all these four years and now you're on to your fifth, you're gonna to wanna to do this object lesson. I'll walk you through how to pull it off in just a second. The second one, actually all three of these involve a printable, but <laughs> hopefully you can find other ways to spin off it if you're not in the course. The second one is all about Keystone. I know this is an object lesson that we've taught before, but I think the way we teach it actually kind of confuses things. So I wanted some way to teach Joseph Smith's object lesson of the, the Book of Mormon being the keystone of our religion in a way that's more understandable and maybe a little more doctrinally accurate. And the way we're going to do that is by creating this very cool keystone craft so that you don't have to pull out wooden blocks or chop up potatoes or whatever else you do to make your keystone. I'm creating the blocks for you. It also has a secret space where you can hide candy. So if this is your first lesson of the year and you're teaching a new class, stashing the columns full of candy, I promise will win you some points. So I'll walk you through that one soon. That one you just need cardstock and the printables and a little bit of glue. Okay, third one. This one is more of an analogy or an example, but it also has a printable option. This is to talk about the value of a witness. There's a big difference between being an observer and being a witness. And those witnesses that we studied this week in the intro pages speak volumes about how the Lord sees his work, that it is something he wants certified as something he wants people to put their stamp of approval on. He wants the law of witnesses fulfilled, and he does it this week. One of the ways I think our kids can relate to that is by being a witness at a baptism. So since that's something that has kind of shifted in the last few years where kids who are baptized can be a witness, I thought it would be cool to take this week to talk about what a witness is, and then also to talk about what you should do as a witness. If they're asked to be a witness at a baptism, what do they do? How does that work? And the printable will help you pull that off. So for this one, you don't necessarily need the printable, but it helps. Um, but most of it is just something we're going to talk about with your group and help them understand the value of that critical role. Okay, that's your supplies, you guys. Let's get started. I think one of the resounding messages in this week's study is the value of making and keeping records. And not just storing them, but putting them in a way that other people can access them and learn from them for years and years to come. That's Mormon's message. It's Moroni's message. I even think it's the message of Joseph Smith, because this is the pattern of the Lord. He wants us to keep good records. That's why we have record keepers in the church. That's why when the Savior came, he corrected the record and told them there were things that were missing. Like, you're going to see a lot of that this year. There is value in making a record. For me, I wanted something to bring my kids back to where we began. So like I mentioned, the very first object lesson we did in 2020 was a make a record where I just designed a simple questionnaire to help 
capture them a little bit. What I love about Mormon and Moroni's writing is they don't just write what was happening. In fact, you'll see this difference between the large and the small plates, that some are written about the history and some are written about the spiritual side, and both matter. I, I just think that's a powerful message, that when we keep a record, it's not supposed to just be our testimony. It's supposed to be about who we are and what our school was like and who our best friend was. And those are things your grandkids and great grandkids are going to want to hear because it helps them understand how you came to your testimony by getting a fuller picture of what your life was like. So that's what you're going to find on the questionnaire. So I reformatted it this year to make it a little easier to print, but the questions are really similar and that's on purpose because yesterday when we listened to my kids' recordings, I honestly hadn't heard them since we made them back in 2020. And to hear Violet's little voice, I mean, she's like six when she recorded it and it's, you know, that she wanted to be a ballerina and a dancer. Like it was so fun to compare her initial record answering these same questions with what she wrote down today. Same thing happened with Will and with Sam, like to hear their voices. It was one of those moments where, uh, to be completely honest, there's been times in the course of this four years of study that I've wondered if this is worth, <laughs> you know, I've been doing this for my posterity, hoping to capture my testimony and my understandings about the scriptures so that someday they'll see it. And yesterday was one of those days when I was like, oh, this is for me. <laughs> like just hearing their memories captured, who their best friend was, who they looked up to, what they hoped to be when they grew up. And then to hear it again, now four years later, it was just this tender mercy. Like it, it fueled me to keep going. So I know this seems like a silly little thing to do, but I'm telling you there is power in this simple process. Whether you use my questions or you come up with your own, my hope is that you'll use the template we have in the Book of Mormon. Ask questions about their day-to-day -day life. You know, in, in the questionnaire, you'll see some interesting ones like, do you have any weird fears? <laughs> what goals are you working on? If you had $200 and two hours, what would you spend it on? Like those, those are things that will help your kids make a record of them, not just of what they know. It also has some questions feathered in about their testimony, what they're hoping to grow in their testimony, how they rate themselves on their understanding of the Book of Mormon, so that at the end of this year, you can make another record and we can compare the two and see where they are. But I'm telling you guys, this is worth your time. It will bring you to tears some point in the future, and I promise it's worth your time. So that's object lesson number one. Okay, full disclosure between you and me. I tried to come up with other alternatives to the keystone object lesson <laughs> because I found myself thinking like, oh, they've done this before. They've made keystones in the past, or at least they've had a teacher hold up a picture of an arch and they've it's done, right? Everything we tried failed. <laughs> we, we tried a couple different ideas. I even went to the store to buy supplies for one of the ideas. Like I tried, Jason tried, they all failed. I decided that that was probably a sign that Joseph Smith's object lesson is one I'm supposed to teach rather than trying to improve on. So we're going to talk about a keystone. The message in this week's study is that the Book of Mormon is the keystone of our religion. So in the notes, you can walk through, but basically you want to talk to your kids about the value of a keystone. This is in the Come Follow Me manual as well, but what it offers, like why it has that structural integrity. One of the things I love about a keystone, in fact, I, I went down a rabbit hole of YouTube videos learning all about arches and how to build arches. <laughs> One of the things I learned is that the keystone is something that gives all the other bricks purpose. It, not just strength. It's not just that if I pull the keystone out, everything falls apart. It's also that all those bricks now have a purpose. They create an opening. They create you know, a place that light can shine through. They 
They create purpose. They also create permanence. This is something that can last. In fact, the ones I watched on YouTube were you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years old, these arches that were still standing. That keystone offers that permanence. It also offers power. As soon as that keystone is solidly in place, all the pressure that is distributed between those blocks sticks, right? So you have this power so that if one of them just gets knocked, they, they don't move, they don't budge because they've got this weight distribution that is solid. That's what we want to talk about when you talk about your testimony of the Book of Mormon. I just think the printable will help you demonstrate it. I've designed the printable. So if you look at it this way, I've created, it has a little platform that you can build it on. But you actually, if you're in a hurry and you don't have time to make the columns, you can build this just with the top section. So this actual arch piece, you can make it just sit on top of that same base and it will fit just perfectly. If you want it elevated and add candy to it, then you want to put the columns in. But the idea is really simple here. You let your kids create the arch. I just think rather than building your arch from the sides and working your way up to the middle and finally placing that keystone, I found it was easier to build and demonstrated something better when I started with the keystone. So when Violet and I were building, I began with the keystone and I attached the blocks. So if you look at the top of that arch, you'll notice that those pieces have letters across the top. You can't really tell when you first put those pieces together that there's a phrase written out. You can just see that there's letters there. But when I start with the one that says keystone, and then I try to match the next brick to it, I, I look at the text and I try and match the font and try and get it to attach. I glue that one in place. And then I find the one on the other side and I glue that one in place. And I slowly like work my way out. Then I get this full solid arch. What I liked about that is for me, that's how the Book of Mormon works. It's not so much that if I pull the Book of Mormon out, my whole testimony crumbles apart. Although I think there's some truth to that. I think a bigger thing is the testimony can be our beginning. The testimony of the Book of Mormon that you'll get this year, that will increase for you this year, is something you can attach all other things to. So that next year when you study the Doctrine and Covenants, you can attach that brick all about Joseph Smith and Moroni and the plates solidly on to what you already know is true about the Book of Mormon. You can attach other things like the words from prophets you hear at conference because the Book of Mormon testifies about prophets and about appointed leaders. You know, when the Savior comes and he, he ordains apostles, like that is something that we still see today so that you can take that brick about living prophets and attach it solidly to the other side of that arch. That's how the Book of Mormon is a keystone for me. It's not so much that everything else crumbles as it is when I begin there, everything else can attach to it. And I get this solidity. I get power. I get permanence. And I get this something that lasts a long, long time, something that can withstand pressure that can, you know, be, that will endure. That's the idea behind it. So when you assemble the printable, whether you do it with columns or not, if you're going to do the columns and fill them with candy, or you can fill them with stones, like for example, this one, you can probably hear the marbles rolling around. I just put weights in it to give the columns a little bit of strength. But if you attach the columns to this paper at the bottom, you don't really need any extra weight. It just gave you a place to like stash good things. So the idea is simple. You create the arch. You talk through that process of building this puzzle across the top. That if we start with the Book of Mormon, we can work our way out and then we can get this powerful, permanent, strong foundation, then we have something that we can build off for a whole lifetime. That's kind of the idea. At the very bottom on that base, you'll see a quote from Ezra Taft Benson, where he talks about how the Book of Mormon is a keystone in several different ways. He says, it's a keystone of our religion. It's a keystone of our witness of Christ. It's a keystone of our doctrine and the keystone of our testimony. You could build in all those different directions and get good understandings, or maybe make three different arches and talk about how they are 
how it's the keystone of our testimony, how it's the keystone of our doctrine, you could build a few and, and put them together and see how it works. But hopefully the printable will help you pull off this powerful teaching tool. Some of the object lessons we'll do will not be so much a thing to build or play with, but just a dialogue to have. So if you go through the notes, it'll kind of walk you through this process, but let me explain. This one I really wanted to focus in on the difference between being an observer and being a witness. The people who we read about in the Book of Mormon, especially in those intro pages, are not just someone who saw the plates. They are someone who witnessed that they saw the plates. That's different. That means I'm going to put my name on the dotted line. It means I'm going to stake myself there. It means they're going to face persecution and problems and troubles because they witnessed something is true. I think there's power in that. And one of the reasons I wanted to focus on it in an object lesson is because it's something our kids are invited to do now. That is a weighty obligation, a weighty calling. In fact, one of the easiest ways you can open discussion about this with your kids is to ask them about the last time they went to a baptism and say, maybe how many times did you, or how many people saw the baptism? You know, for most baptisms that I've been at, there's at least 30 people in the room, you know, maybe 50 sometimes that see the person being baptized. And then ask them, okay, how many witnesses were there? And this is that's where they'll start to catch the difference. Witnesses are those two people who stand at the front, who watch the ordinance, who try to make sure things are done properly. They're someone who certifies that it has happened properly according to the outline that the Doctrine and Covenants gives us and according to what we read in Scripture. Like They are someone who watch and care for the words of God and make sure they are upheld in this very sacred setting. And that's different than just being an observer. So my thought was, this week, since we're talking so much about witnesses, it might be cool to understand more about these particular witnesses. If you go in the notes, you're going to see there's a four-minute video that I've linked from the church. It's on the church website. It walks you through the two different experiences the three witnesses had and the eight witnesses had and who they are. And then I thought it would be cool to talk about their opportunity to be a witness. I just think, especially since this is new, you know, just in the last few years, this policy has changed where baptized kids can now be a witness at their sibling's baptism or anybody's baptism. That those who have a, you know, if you have a temple recommend, even a youth temple recommend, you can be a witness at proxy baptisms in the temple. So I think it's even if they're younger kids or teenagers, this object lesson will apply to them. So I went and chatted with Jason to help create this little card. I just found there was nothing online to help you understand what a witness is supposed to do other than like the fundamentals of make sure they are fully immersed and make sure no hair floats up. And I thought it would be cool to talk about what are some of the other things that you do as a witness. For example, you might be there to help keep the room reverent, to make sure this is a sacred place. I think there are things you can watch for and be cautious about. Also, what to do if you spot some mistake. So as a witness, if you notice that the wrong words are said, or you notice that a dress floats up, what do you do? Like, I just think my thought with this is if your kids are called to be a witness, you could give them this little card. There's the front side has for a living, or sorry, this side has for a living baptism. This one's for a proxy baptism. It walks you through the process, what you can expect. It tells you little things like you know, there's a card that has all the words on it right there by the font, so you don't need to be afraid. They have to memorize anything. But I thought you could practice at home for all your kids this week or practice in your classes what it's like to be a witness. If you're in the church building, you may even go to where the font is and let them see what this process is like. And then 
just keep this in your back pocket, right? Digitally, <laughs> you know that this is in the archive so that when your kids or someone else is asked to be a witness, or maybe it's your kid getting baptized and you're asking your grandparents to be a witness or your aunt to be a witness, you could hand them this little card at the beginning of the baptism, let them review it while they sit down and listen to the talks and then give them empowerment when they stand to actually be a witness. Since they've been able to read through and understand it better and see the scriptures that associate with it, they'll feel more weight. This isn't a casual commitment. This is something that matters. It's always mattered to the Lord to have witnesses to his great work. And the ordinances are a great work. There's some talks in the notes that in addition to being a baptism witness, if you've got younger kids, another thing they can do is be a witness in sacrament, which I love this concept. I can't remember which talk I read, but he basically said every Sunday when you partake of the sacrament, you are witnessing that you are taking his name upon you. You become a witness, not someone who observes or who was a part of, but someone who witnesses. So even if you have little kids, I think this same object lesson can apply and hopefully these tools will help you pull it off. Thank you so much for being here, you guys, especially those of you who've been with me for years. I think it's going to be a really, really good year. And I hope you're filled with hope and light for what can happen, especially to you. In fact, that's probably the best thing I've learned over the last four years of intense study is that I none of my teachings and what I do is going to control my kids' agency and what they choose. But I feel different. I felt empowered over these four years to know how to solve problems in my family. I felt empowered against doubts when people I loved left the church or had odd questions. I, the study that we've done together helped helped me stay solidly planted. I wasn't, I didn't feel tossed with winds of doctrine. I felt steady. There's this great quote from President Irene. It's in the notes, but he says this, you can have the utmost assurance that your power will be multiplied many times by the Lord. All he asks is that you give your best effort and your whole heart. Do it cheerfully and with a prayer of faith. The Father and his beloved Son will send the Holy Ghost as your companion to guide you. Your efforts will be magnified in the lives of the people you serve. And when you look back on what may now seem like trying times of service and sacrifice, the sacrifice will have become a blessing. And you will know that you have seen the arm of God lifting those you served for him and lifting you. That's my testimony about this year's course and every year before it. It is all about serving others and in the process being lifted. I can testify that that has happened and will continue to happen as you get into your scriptures. And I'm here to help you do it. Thank you.